Excuse me, Jet. What? You said three, not four. Throw down your guns now! Disinformation is sometimes required for enemies and allies. <sighs> Don't pull that art of war crap on me. Drop them! And you, you take too long to take a shit! I am going to kill this old lady if you don't put down your guns! <sighs> don't you get it? I'm gonna splatter Grandma! Well, that's a real shame. But we're not cops, and we're not from some charity organization. Sorry, lady, but we don't protect or serve. This is strictly business. What? Guess you'll just have to chalk it up to bad luck. <sighs> Cowboy scumbag. Wait a minute. I know you didn't mean that, Spike. Son of a bitch! <laughs> He called you a cowboy. What did he mean? What are you? Just a humble bounty hunter, ma'am. Greetings and salutations. It is the Clary Podcast. That was Cowboy Bebop. I know on the last video, or last video, last podcast, I said that was Cowboy Bebop. And the only reason I did that is because I had prepped that movie. I, I watched the movie. It's a great movie, by the way. I know, I know everybody's like Chris Beckloff. They hate anime as they should. Uh, but Cowboy Bebop, the movie, is a great movie. It's an American classic. Even though it's made in Japan, it's an American classic. You guys should all watch it. Um, but I had watched that a week ago, or four or five days ago, when I did the last video. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, it's a really good movie. I should, like, introduce it. So I got the introdu introductory uh, opening to the movie. And the movie is kind of the catalyst by which I think most people should be introduced to Cowboy Bebop. If you watch the the first few episodes like anything else... It's it's not going to sell itself. You got to get up. I always say you got to get to Ayn. Everybody says, oh, Cowboy Bebop, that's so nerdy. You're so square. You're such a nerd. It's like, yes, that is true. But then you all wonder, like, oh, God, how do I be like you? We can't all be like you, Clary. We can't all sleep in. By the way, did I tell you I slept in until 1030 this morning? Always got a kick out of that. Always wondered. Like, even even people I love who are close to me, they'll criticize my methods. The lecture. Well, we can't. Oh, geez. Well, what are you doing? Sleeping in? What are you doing? Oh, loosen up, Clary. Oh, come on, buy a round. And I, and then I'm like, no, there are rules. I'm like Jason Statham in the in the transport. There are rules. I have rules, and I follow these rules. And after following them for the better part of two decades of, of adulthood, uh, they finally pay off. And the wonderful hypocrisy, the wonderful uh, joke, the juxtaposition, the can you not see yourself in the own mirror where I get lectured in one hand, berated, and, and, and admonished. And then these same people who just picked on me and picked on the methods, they picked on the rules, they picked on the principles that I live my life by, then they want, oh, gee, how do you do that? We can't all be like you. It's like, yeah, actually, you can. You just got to stop being sheep. 
You just got to say, oh, wait a minute, maybe I'll spend less than I make. Maybe, uh, you know, a perfect example, let me tell you about. Okay, so I got this old beat up uh, Chevy uh, truck. It was salvaged. It was a piece of crap. I got it for $4,000 and there was problems with the fuel injectors. And I took it to my mechanic buddy. So for $4,000 for for a truck that had 50,000 miles on it, practically brand new, went in, my mechanic fixed it for $800. So let's just say $5,000 with fees and everything. So $5,000 I get this used truck and it's fine. Now, everybody, oh, he's so cheap. Oh, it's standard transmission. Oh, look, it ain't got automatic windows. There's no air conditioning in it. It's just a work truck. You guys know in the Barkin Oil Field what that means, you real men do. It's just a work truck. Gets me from A to B. I took it out east. I took it out east. I I drove it out to see the Beckloff and all those guys, and I enjoy a very comfortable car, very comfortable truck, very nice seat. And everyone just laughed. Oh, look at that, Clary. It doesn't have automatic windows. Oh, see? I press this button. My windows go up. Then they go down. Then they go up. Then they go on. Look at that fucking Clary guy. He's fucking stupid. Oh, jeez, Clary. Oh, we can't all be like you. We can't all sleep in till 11. Yeah, well, if you didn't buy your fucking Lexus on credit, paying, Lord knows, $400, $300 a month, you know, you could get your a prostitute. You get yourself a nice, you know, paramour, a mistress for that per month. You, you can. Probably, I don't know. But, but and oh, well, wifey poo needs another little truck. Oh, we can't all be like you, Clary. Oh, look at this fucking idiot over here. He's got, he's got his fucking Hyundai. He bought it salvaged, too. Uh, he even got electric windows. What, all I got to do is roll the window down or roll it up like I used to do back in the 80s? I always, it just, it's its a fascinating, it's like a theater. It's like a play. A, I don't know if it's a play of tragedies. I don't know if it's like Shakespearean or not. But when I, it, it, it it's something to behold. Because you guys are all smarter than the average bear. But I love to look at the people that criticize me, what they criticize me about. And then I look at their lives, and then they want to be having my life, and then I guess they can have my life, and so then they pick on it. Not in a, not in a malicious way. That's I wish it was malicious, because then there would be some intelligence behind it. Then they would acknowledge. You know, like the Joker always wanted to kill the Batman. The Joker was very conscious of what he was doing. But these people, what'd you do, sleep until 11? Yeah, actually, fuckface, I did sleep until 11. And I went to bed at 1 a.m. And I I, I watched, uh, not Cowboy Bebop, I watched Crusher Joe bang the fuck out of my girlfriend. She was in lingerie. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I, she, she had to get up because she's got a real job. She's a real adult. But then I woke up at 11. Actually, 10.30, Oh, we get all look at this fucking idiot over here. Yeah, guapo. Okay, whatever. Yep, I'm just the idiot. It's not even, it's not even an issue of respect. I am beyond that. I am beyond the request or the desire for people to respect me. It's one of a mere question like, can't you see this? 
it's 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 a it it's a mystery to me how when I live it, I expose it, I display it like a fucking museum piece. I display the life that you have to live, and I detail it. Not like I'm my life is a fucking secret to you guys. You know it's detailed out and minimalism. My books, my podcast, everything. And then everybody, oh jeez, oh da 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 da. da. It's like, do you not see? Do you not connect? I actually give a crap about you guys. Would you like to? You know, I'm telling you how to do it. You can have this at any time you want. Oh, wait. You spent $150,000 on a doctorate of worthless crap. You bought a house you couldn't afford. You married a wife that ain't going to fuck you. You got kids that you can't afford. Oh, it's too late. Then it's out of my control. Then I don't know what. Then then it's it's... You got to pick on or you got to nitpick. You got to do your... You know what it really is? It it really is like being the, the quarterback. It really is like being the, the, the professional athlete out on the field and the Monday morning quarterbackers who, who haven't walked a mile in, in the past 10 years. Not to liken it to I'm Tom Brady. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, you know, I'm, I'm the pro. I'm out there. The house is paid off. There ain't no fucking debt. I'm the envy of most Americans. Truthful or not, arrogant, I'm just saying. House paid off, everything's taken care of, get to drive around. But then the questioning. The fucking sheep who are debt slaves. They're fucking enslaved to their goddamn job, their goddamn mortgage, their goddamn wives, or husbands, because you girls are sometimes taken advantage of. The student loans, the car loans, the credit card debts, and and then and then you have the not even the gall again. I wish there was the intelligence. I wish there was the evil. I wish there was the maliciousness that would indicate intelligence, and I could work with that. But then the oh, roll the eyes, old Clary. I got a rule. Now this is a microcosm. It's a funny story, but let me tell you it anyway. My buddy, my pilot buddy. You guys all know my pilot. Uh, he likes to gamble. Not a lot. Not an addiction. He just likes to gamble. He's out in Vegas. And I have a rule. I either lose my money or double it and I quit. That's it. Because I appreciate gambling for what it is. It's a game of chance. It's entertainment. It's mental stimulation. Which is why I will usually go and play poker. Uh, poker, I don't like the fact that the house takes the rake. I don't like that. I don't like a 10% rake. So I'll play. I'll gladly play, uh, play a private game of poker. Love playing poker. There's a strategy there. You get to talk shop with the guys and give each other shit. So it's, it's more of a socializing activity. And, and the money you put up, the 5 or $20, whatever you got to buy into the lousy poker game, that's, that's your cover charge. That's your cover charge to participate in the social activity. Uh, in gambling, though, whether or not it's a social activity, now let's say it's it's something a little bit less um, social. Say it's blackjack at dealers in Vegas. Uh, there might be some people there you could talk to them. It's a little bit fun, and you get the chit chat. But there's also the game of chance. I like gambling, and I probably would get addicted to it because I have an addictive personality. But I know that's why I have the rule: I either double it or lose it. That's it. And I then I pull out. Uh, but when I be playing blackjack, oh, there's like this other couple there from Switzerland. I tried my shitty ass German. I'm ah, wie geht's? Was borg sind sie von? And they're like ah, wie sind aus von? What was it? Bern? 
Zurich. No, they're from Zurich. They're from Zurich. I said, ah, Zurich. And then I have to switch to English because I can't say, God, I hate, I can't say in German, I hate fucking driving in that goddamn town because the fucking town was built by you fucking weirdo Europeans. I don't know what the German translation is. I say, yeah, I drove in Zurich. But you got to talk to them. There's this old, nice couple. Oh, and that's that's worth the $20 I got to pay down. I got I get to talk to this old, nice Zurich couple. What are they doing at the Cortez Hotel? Why are they in Vegas? Who knows? They're having a good time. They're smiling. They're like 70 years old and they're still having sex. God bless them. But then my buddy, he always gives me shit. He always gets, now, now, again, he's not evil. He's not stupid. <clears throat> but he, he's like, you know, and sometimes I'll double my money very quickly. I'm like, okay, I put 20 bucks down. I, oh, oh, I won like, oh, I got double aces. I split. I got the 10 and the king. Hey, look at that. I doubled my money. See you. Bye. Here's the tip to the dealer. I'm out of here. And then he looks at me like, what? And then sometimes I'm kind of impatient. I'm like, ah, you know, I want to get out of here. I was just like, ah, I'm going to bet it all now. Oh, blackjack. Uh, the, the, the dealer got blackjack. I lost it. Okay, cool. I'm out of here. And he, he always like, oh, what are you going to double it? And it's like, yes, yes. I'm either going to double it or I'm going to lose it all and leave. And it's just a, like I said, it's entertainment. Maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe I should look at the positive of this. Maybe I should look at the value. You know, because we're all going to die. Live life. Live life like you're going to die because you're going to. William Shatner. Look it up. You'll have time. That's the name of the song. Look it up on YouTube. You'll have time by William Shatner. But maybe I should look on the positive side of thing that this is entertainment. This is value. This is intellectually intriguing and inquiring to me. That here I am, live the life the way it should have been. Empirical evidence, proof positive of the way it should do. And people should be coming to me like they do at Asshole Consulting and bowing down and saying, oh, great sage Clary. How do I get to your position at, at shit? If you listen to my advice, you'd reach this position before you were 42. I'm 42. I paid on my house off at 42. I should have done it at 32. I could have saved at least like a quarter of my life. I could have done it way early. Like a quarter. Hell, that's half of your adult life if you could shave off uh, from 42 down to 32. You know, like listen to me. I got the answer. I figured it out. I made some mistakes and I made some wise decisions and I made fortuitous uh, lucky choices and and decisions along the way. And this is what I learned. So you you better do A, B, C, and D. And then all I get, oh, we could all be like you, Clary. Oh, what? Would you wake up at noon again? Yeah. Yeah, you debt enslaved fucking moron. Yes, you, you fucking cuck whose, whose wife is banging Jamal. <laughs> yes, you fucking sheep who, who, who should know better, but you, you went major and you got your doctorate, you got your MBA, whatever. Yes. Yes, you're right. I am the child. I am I am the infantile uh, uh, toddler in this realm with the house paid off and the fucking freedom to do whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want, answering to no man unto but myself. Yes, I am the one you should be making fun of and criticizing. Not shutting the fuck up and saying, Jesus Christ, what the fuck did that guy? Jeez, you see him? 
Holy shit, he dived off the fucking third platform? Not even a drip of water when he went in like Greg Luganis? I, I better learn some technique from that. That's why, I guess I guess maybe that's why I like you guys at Asshole Consultant, the younger people, the millennials, the ones that do listen. You guys actually like, oh, dude, fucking hey, Look at that fucking, I want to be like him when I'm older. Not only can you be me when you're older, you could achieve this 10 years before I did. Because like I said, I fucked up along the way. I fucked up. And, I, you know, it's, it's like Dennis Prager. Dennis Prager's been married three times now. And you said, why the fuck would I take marriage advice from him? Well, because <laughs> he fucked up. That's why. <laughs> my old man. My old man, if, if you look, it, it, not to besmirch him because he, he actually does have a heart and a soul. I love him dearly. But all he was, it was like the cartoon character where he's walking on the landmine field. He just, he just walks on every goddamn landmine. You can learn a lot from people's mistakes. You can learn a lot. And that's basically uh, <clears throat> not that yeah, I kind of followed my old man's path too. Like I stepped on a lot of landmines too. I'm like, hey, don't step on that landmine. And that's the key to success. I'm not joking. It's really sad. The key to success, like I, I'm being serious, guys. 90%, if not 95% of the key to success is simply not fucking up. Like, don't have kids you can't afford. Don't major in stupid shit. Don't go into debt. Don't get in trouble with the law. That goes especially for my black listeners. I know, and you guys say, oh, you're being right. No, 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 I'm being deadly serious. Pay fuck attention, all right? When you're poor, you're redlining. Let's put, let me explain this about poverty. Let me explain this, because I was there too. And, and I'm not joking. You guys, you guys don't know this, maybe. I've mentioned it in the past. But I... I the cops, cops could have fucking thrown me in jail. I got in fights. I got into shit because my fuse was so short and I was so poor and I had no money and things were that redlining. I understand what it's like to be poor. I understand what it's like. If I don't get that paycheck, I'm not going to eat next week. And that raises your blood pressure. That raises your, your sensitivity and it really shortens your fuse. And if you go off, oh, now you got problems. Now you got real problems. Now, this applies disproportionately to black men because you guys disproportionately are poor. But this applies to anybody in poverty, period. Jessup over at the trailer park, uh, Jose, whose parents fucking brought him over here from Mexico and they're not fucking legal aliens. And he is, and he's like, oh, fuck, I'm kind of like brought up American with this shitty like back of life. But, but if you are poor, you're already redlining it. You already got undeserved, unneeded pressure. And you got to be a stoic, man. You got to really fucking focus. You got to really be, you got to let it go. You got to meditate. I'm not joking. You should probably do yoga. Yoga probably would have helped me out. Or some kind of meditation or Hinduism or some kind of, I don't want to say religion, but some kind of like practice where you would calm down. Nobody told me this. No one, you guys are fucking lucky to have me. Um, because it is just, and you guys know this, you guys know, you know a really good guy, a really great, I mean, I'm being serious, like this is a good person, this is a good soul. And they just made the bad decision at the wrong time, at the wrong place, and now they're in jail, or they're in prison. And so the, the, the truth is, 95% of success is simply not fucking up. The biggest mistake I would say of which is not having kids you can't afford. That 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 right there would take care of like, yeah, 65%. But then for those of you 
minorities or not, but let's just say you're poor, you're redlining it, you got issues, you got, you, you got the world against, I understand. You can't fuck up. You just can't fuck up. No matter what, even if the world spits in your face. Well, there was an article on Return of Kings a while ago, and I wish I knew who it was. Maybe it was Virgil. I don't know who it was, but it was a black gentleman who was writing about how a white guy came up to him and just started reading him the racist riot act, you fucking nigger, this and that, whatever else. And the Herculean effort of self-control, even though he was completely within his right to not punch that guy out, he did it because he knew that would lead to legal. It doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. That's, that's the whole thing. It's a matter of whether you're going to end up in jail or not. I don't care how many people cross you. I don't care how many people stab you in the back. You, not literally, I mean metaphorically. Just don't get in trouble with the law. And as long as you stay the fuck out of the jail system, you don't have kids you can't afford, you don't major in stupid shit, you don't borrow and you, you, what you can't afford, you spend less than you make, you're golden. 95% of it, golden. And that remaining 5% is stupid-ass crazy shit that I haven't been able to exactly reverse engineer into the formula, formulaic, write it out for you. Well, here's the last 5%. But, uh, yeah, basically it's not fucking up. And boy, did I fuck up. And that, seriously, if, if you want, if there was success, if Aaron, what would you, my advice? My advice to you is that what, what you need to do it's what you need to not do. That's it. Like, it's, yeah, I could have majored in engineering. Yeah, I could have done this. Yeah, I could have done that. But what, what really would have helped me and advanced me a lot was the things not to do. The mistakes. If I, in other words, if we could all go back, what's going to advance you more is not, I would have done this better. I would have done that better. That's certainly going to advance. There's no doubt about it. But taken away, I wouldn't have had a kid out of wedlock. I wouldn't have majored in stupid shit. I wouldn't have gotten in that fist fight at the bar even though I was completely within my right, but that landed me in jail. Now I can't join the military and become a cop. Right? It's that shit. That shit that you need to take away. That's the stuff. And if you just remove those hurdles, those obstacles, those time-sucking black holes of your time in your finite life, if you can get out of that, you can avoid those landmines. I didn't marry a cunt. I didn't marry a bitch. I didn't marry some gal who's going to take me for half. I mean, think about all the time and effort you fucking spend on a, on a gal or a guy. Oh, woo. You're decades ahead. You're decades ahead. Oh, maybe should I do the sponsors? Let's do the sponsors. <clears throat> Let's do the sponsors. Okay. October is Asshole Appreciation Month. You say, oh, well, did like... Congress say it's Asshole Appreciation Month? Yes, they did. They fucking did. So be a goddamn good American and spread the good word of asshole consulting. Tell your friends, family, loved ones, enemies, people you're genuinely indifferent about, about me, about the asshole, America's older brother, the father you never had, the dark knight of advice columns, the Ikea of consultants, me, Aaron Clare at assholeconsulting.com. Tell the people about that. Spread it. Share, like, subscribe, whatever. Um, because that's how we get the word out. Then uh, we got another sponsor, Business Buyer Advantage, David Barnett. For those of you out there who are entrepreneurs, of which I know there's many, you say, well, I want to start my own business, but maybe it's easier to buy an already existing business. Before you do that, which I'm not against, I'm not against, 
Go to businessbuyeradvantage.com and at minimum, watch David's videos. There's a lot of wisdom. There's a lot of pitfalls. There's a lot of landmines that you, like me or my father, would step upon. Remember why I told you about making mistakes? Drop the money on this guy. Spend the money before you buy a business and in debt yourself, okay? I don't want you to be on one of those shows like, you know, a Restaurant Impossible or a Bar Rescue, okay? I don't want you to be like that. So please consider, go, go to businessbuyeradvantage.com. Even if you like, okay, look, let's say you don't have any interest in, in buying an, a business. You don't want to be in, you know, you just, but you have an intellectual interest of entrepreneurship and capitalism. Just check out his, his YouTube channel. David Barnett, you can look, he's, he's got different sites. Business Buyer Advantage is like the flagship site, but go check him out anyway. So it, he's, he's been a sponsor, new one, and he bought like six months. I'm like, dude, there you go. <laughs> I'll fucking plug you. But I also plug it because it's a jail. We did a, an interview that you guys would like. Because you get, he's, uh, not to bore you with the, I'm not plugging him. I'm just saying this is intellectual interest. Um, he was on the, he was on the front lines. I was a credit analyst in banking. He was a, a business broker at the time. And it's just interesting, the stories. Uh, they have value unto themselves. You don't even have to want to buy a business. But just interesting to hear him talk about like, oh, yeah, so this happened with this franchise and this happened with that dealer or this happened with that car lot and this happened with that parking ramp. And you're just kind of like, oh, wow, that's that's an interesting story unto itself. So I mean, check him out, David Barnett, businessbuyeradvantage.com. <clears throat> He's a good friend of the captain. Praxy. If you need to contact me directly, you can download the Praxy app, P-R-A-X-E-Y. It's expensive as fuck. It's $2 a minute. Because um, I really don't like talking to people directly. I really don't. It's not that I hate you people. I just, I don't like talking on the phone because then I'm like captured. I'm like your fucking hostage. That's why I charge $2 a minute with a $25 connection charge. Anyway, if you need to contact me, Directly, for whatever emergency reason, you can download the Praxy app, and that's how you can contact the old captain. Uh, P-R-A-X-E-Y, download it on the iStore or the Googleplex or whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, then we have my Amazon affiliate program. Remember, YouTube has basically demonetized the fucking shit out of everything. Anytime there's cursing or swearing, you act like an adult. You act like you have pubes. Google is not going to monetize it because basically their avatars are a bunch of pussies. And you can slam on Republicans, you can hate on white people, you can hate on gentlemen who have penises, which would be gentlemen. Uh, and they're okay with that. Uh, but if you do anything political, cursing, swearing, anything that isn't touchy-feely, good, you know, rated G. Rated G, it's perfect, happy, wonderful people. Just the spinelessness, just the... You gotta wonder... Like, the most easily offensed person. <laughs> I guess Google must... They got to have a safe space. Oh, they got to have a, spa a safe space on the Google. And that's where they find out what should we... We're going to pull people from the safe space. What do you think we should approve of for advertising or not? Oh, did the wind... Oh, wind is blowing. And that reminds you of blowjobs, which is sexual discrimination. It reminds you of, of, of being a prostitute, even though you never were one in women's oppression being enslaved. The sex slaves. So there's wind. Wind is sexist. Okay, we're not going to have... We're not going to monetize any more videos that talk about wind. Anyway, so that's... Uh, that's why you need to buy your stuff through in my Amazon affiliate program. If you want to help out the captain without it costing you anything more... 
Go to CaptainCapitalismOutBlogspot.com, click on the Amazon banner, and do all your online shopping that way. The only reason you got to go to my sites first is because if you go straight to Amazon.com, they're like, well, who'd you come from? You just typed in. So let's make you and me a little bit of money, or me money, basically. Uh, Go to to CaptainCapitalismOutBlogspot.com, click on the Amazon banner, and then um, do all your online shopping there, and I get a 6 to a 7% commission and cut. And it doesn't cost you anything more. That way you keep the lights on and then I can keep doing this shit. And then people, oh, we can't all be like you, Clary. We can't all sleep in. Oh, did you sleep in till 11? Yeah, 11.15, faggot. Oh, we can't all be like you. No, I, I, I guess not. I guess not. Did you sign the lease for that new fucking Range Rover that your wife you got? I, I knew you were, you little faggot. That's uh, Kind of angry. Kind of angry. Like, you, you, you get into the... Like, you get to the promise, like, hey, I did it. Hey, where the fuck is everybody? Hello? Anybody? Hello? Not only are you alone, everybody's still back behind you is, like, lecturing you and laughing at you. You're like, uh, guys? Guys, I'm I'm in the Canaan land. I'm in the promised land. Guys? Hey, you want to come with? You want to join? Huh? Huh? Guys? You can hear him way over. We just sleep until noon. Like, yeah. Yeah, I did. Okay, I'm going to eat these big-ass, huge grapes. Cleary's Land of Canaan would have redheads with big tits. That's what I would have. We'd have redheads with big tits. There'd be grapes. Oh, there'd be grapes. And there'd be natural springs of rumplements. It wouldn't be water. It'd be natural springs of rumplements. They'd have the water. I guess you got to drink water. But in Cleary's Land of Canaan, I'd get to the promised land, and there'd be bunches of grapes... I'm all right with grapes. I'm a big fan of grapes. I, I, I'd be like, oh, I like grapes, sure. But as long as we're here in Clary's land of promise Canaan, there'd be redheads with big tits and heels. They'd all be wearing heels. And uh, I don't know where. They'd have to be able to be an Amazonian. They'd have to exist beforehand. Like, I, I couldn't just show up and like, oh, dang, I got to raise redheads with, you know, fucking big tits. They'd have to be, they'd already have to pre-exist. There couldn't be no guys around because otherwise that wouldn't be the promised land. So what, I'd have to slay them? Or these girls would, would somehow, like in uh, Wonder Woman, it's just a, an island of Amazonian chicks? Whatever, they'd exist somehow, and they'd all magically be redheads with big tits. That's that's what it would be. And all have heels, even though heels would probably have not existed. They had sandals back in the biblical days. You know, David and Goliath, they all had those fancy strapped-up leather sandals. Hey, I'm going to sling a rock into your forehead. All right, there we go, and that's the Bible. But yeah, what? and then there'd be, there'd be fountains of rumplements. You could smell a waif through the air. Everything would smell very minty. And then, um, honestly, I don't think I'd need a big... No, I don't need a palace. I'm not like David or Salomon. I need I need 800 concubine women. I've I've gone through the math before. Uh, the guy was the Salomon or uh, David, whatever. These guys had like 800 concubines. I'm like, how the fuck do you bang all those many women? I went through the math. You gotta have like five sums every three hours. I did it. I did the math. Like yeah, average life expectancy. Okay, and then there's like some turnover. You know, these people are living a fucking Methuselah age, or maybe not that old, but like, okay, well, these chicks aren't going to be hot after 50. You're just going to have to get rid of them. And then there's new ones. I got to fuck. I got to fuck. And you get, you get like one dip. That's it. One stick. 
Bang, and that's it. Now you got to go on to the other one. It's almost impossible. You don't want a concubine of 800. Jesus Christ. And these guys take multiple wives. Hold on. I understand the concubine. I understand that. Like, hey, you're my sex slaves. I don't give a fuck what you're doing, but go go play in the fountain of rumplements. I don't care. Just go play frolic. Go frolic. I got to go manage fucking Israel. I got to go manage the 12 tribes. Fucking Joshua's going to, he's up to something. I don't know. Was Joshua traitorous? Elijah and Elisha. I remember there were two separate things. They're prophets. They're doing, ah, he's wandering in the desert with his staff. Fucking somebody go get him. No, I got a fucking concubine of like 800 redheads over here. No, I don't want to fuck them all. I, I, I did that all last night. I just want to read a book. <laughs> oh, man. If you were flooded with that many women, Jesus Christ. You just want to like have a cigar, hang out with the guy. Hey, guys, how's it going? Oh, King Clary, what's going on? Nothing. What brings you to the local slum bar? You know, there'd be like that. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, David, Solomon, Darius, any one of these kings, you know, any one of these kings, guarantee it doesn't matter what, where you're from, the, the, the Chinese dynasties, how much you want to bet these emperors and kings, they're just like, fuck, I just want to get out and talk to the guy, I want to play a game of poker, or pie gal, whatever it is you fucking Asians play. They just want to get, not even get away from the wife. It wasn't even a wife, like, because they had five of them. They just, they just say, hey, how's it going? Yeah, I'm the king. Hey, what are you doing, playing pickup sticks? Can I join? Oh, we're just, we're just getting blotto on shitty-ass meat. Cool, give me some. King David sneaking out with fucking, you know, shroud over his head. They're like, hey, it's king to shut the no, no, just, just let me have a beer, man. Just let me have a beer. What are you playing? You're, you're playing uh, whatever it is, pick up sticks with you. You're playing, what was it, Kent, Brent, Went? Gwent. Gwent, that was the game on that video game I play. You're playing Gwent? Sure, fucking line me up, man. No, buy the whole place around. Just shut the fuck up. Don't let me know. Don't let my wives know I'm here. Yeah, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, you know, 800 big-breasted redheads, that'd be a pain in the ass. That'd be a pain in the ass. Maybe five. Five would be enough. You trade them out as they get older. Like, okay, you're, you're done with your milfy stage. Get out of here. You, you young chick with your, your big tits. Come here. That's, uh, I know you're blonde, but we're going we're gonna to dye your hair red. Why? Because I'm the fucking king. That's why. Don't get lippy. Otherwise, we're going to hang out with the regular Jews. At the fucking Gwent table and drinking. What if, What the fuck is a Jewish drink? That's another thing. I've told you guys this story before. I'm going to tell you again. I always wondered, there, there's got to be a Jewish bar. Why is there no Jewish bar? There's Jewish delis. There's Jewish restaurants. And there's a town called St. Louis Park. It's on the, the east side down south uh, to the immediate east. It, it, it uh, borders Minneapolis. And it used to be called St. Jewish Park. Now it's St. Somali Park. But anyway, so there's a, and there still is a predominantly Jewish community in there. And I always, in my youth, as opposed to my elderliness, which is in the future, I always thought, like, ah, there should be a Jewish bar. Because St. Louis Park is a neighborhood. It's like an actual neighborhood. Like, okay, there should be, at least in Milwaukee, you know, you had the Polish bar, you had the Irish bar, you had the German bar. 
And I always thought, because of the way the city was laid out, that there should be a Jewish bar. There's a Jewish deli. Hell, there's a Jewish shop. You could go buy a, a whatever, not Monica's, Menorahs. That's it. You can buy Jewish paraphernalia. And so I'm like, oh, there should be a Jewish bar. And then it all of a sudden dawned on I me. Mean, I looked around. There was no Jewish bar. Then I'm wondering, does such a thing as a Jewish bar exist? No, apparently not. Because you think about what's a Jewish drink. You ever oh, give me a German drink? Think German. Okay, well that's beer. Okay, give me an Irish drink. Okay, that's that's your scotches and whiskeys. Give me a Scottish drink. Scotches and whiskeys again. Um, give me a, hell. You could even say black black drink. Hennessy, William, or Hennessy, uh, Hennessy. Just Hennessy. That's what it's Hennessy. Uh give me a fruity fruit girly white drink. Okay, there's your cosmopolitans. Give me an, uh, a Japanese drink, sake. Every culture, every culture, every ethnicity had a drink except the fucking Jews. What do they drink? Hang on, let's look this up. Let's see what the Jews drink. I'm just going to look up Jewish bar. Jews drink, don't they? Because even though I'm the technical Jew, Jewish bar... Oh, I got bar mitzvah. Ah, god damn it. Jewish tavern. Let's try Jewish tavern. 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 Jewish tavern. Tavern keeping. Yavosa Kaplidia. Jews ran Poland's taverns for centuries. Okay, maybe they ran it. Yonkel's Tavern. Hang on. Jews liquor in the life of kingdom of Poland. Really? They ran all the... The Jews ran the Polish taverns? Is that it? Fucking run the banks and the tavern. But is there a Jewish bar? That's what I'm wondering. Yankel's Tavern. Jews liquor in the life of kingdom of Poland. Poland's Jewish problem. Vodka. Jewish review of books. Look at that. There's no, there's no Jewish bar. Come on. Think about that. All right, whether you're Jewish or not. How fucking fun would that be? Look, you walk into the German bar, like, oopar. No, that's that's the Greeks. Greeks got a bar. They got that that black licorice drink. What is it? Uzo, oizo? They got that. Why don't the Jews have a fucking bar? I'm wondering. Look, to anyone who's out there who's Jewish, explain this to me. You guys got, like, it's it's weird. There's no Jewish bar. There's no Jewish pub. You know, you walk into Ireland, there's a, a place called the Dubliner over in St. Paul. You come in, you know, get your whiskey and all that. There's no Jewish pub, no Jewish bar. Where the hell did David go? Where did Psalm, where did the, where did the kings go? Why do they want to escape their wives? All right. Maybe we'll get back to the thing here. All right, so the nose here is trimmers. Amazon affiliate program. I'm waiting. I, I want you guys to comment in the comment or email me or something. Ansellconsultant.com. You can send me an email through there. Don't fucking take advantage of it. You kind of re- relegate that for like, you know, business contacts. I just want to know where the Jewish bar is. That'd be fun. You go in there, they got that uh, harmonica music. And everyone's dancing. The guy's got their dreadlocks. Here, have some Jewish oizo. 
Uh, anyway, so I got my books. Reconnaissance Man, Black Man's Got Out of Poverty, Bachelor Pet Economics, Worthless, Enjoy the Kind, Curse of the High IQ, and Poor Richard's Retirement. If you like me, if you want to support the asshole, you're like, oh, wow, what kind of guy runs a company called Asshole Consulting and, and, and pines for Jewish bars and says, God, oh, my, I don't want 800 big-breasted redheads, maybe five. So, yeah, maybe he's got some wisdom. Well, check out my books. My books are uh, a little bit more serious, obviously. I just don't randomly yell at the internet on the books. A little bit more scripted, a little bit more uh, uh, thought, thought out, formulaic. You can check them out. And there's a book for pretty much everybody. Reconnaissance Man, that's for you young kids who don't know what you want to do after high school. Teaches you to go out and do reconnaissance first. Black Man's Got Out of Poverty. If you couldn't tell from the title... That book would be designated towards black gentlemen who are in poverty and, not or, and, you have to have the double coincidence of wants there, and wants to get out of poverty. The subtitle is even more important than the title itself for black men who demand better. And so you got one life, dudes, and uh, I don't know about you, but I don't want to live the life of Jesse Jackson or Al Sharpton and kind of mire and be like, oh, whitey's hot to get us. This book teaches you like, well, one, how to literally get out of poverty. But then also there's a philosophical uh, angle to it where it's like, okay, yeah, you're black. That's how, that's the way you were born. I was born short. You're born black. Some people are born without limbs or vision. You know, you want to think about handicaps. Okay, you know, appreciate what we got. Uh, and then it says, okay, while we're here on this planet and these are the cards we've been dealt, do you want to bitch and whine your entire life or do you want to do something? And so that's the black man's got out of poverty. Highly recommended. Highly reviewed, too. A lot of people like it. Um... Of course, there's some racists who hate me because I'm white. Going, oh, well, fucking whitey, fucking telling us, fucking doing it. It's like, okay, what do you want me to do? The black man's guide into poverty? The black man's guide back into slavery? Well, that's just called the Democrat Party. But hey, hey, zing. <laughs> All right, Bachelor Pad Economics, that's for every guy out there and every gal. Uh, if you want a financial advice Bible, you know, the plot, the land, here's, here's, here's your instruction. Here's your how-to manual to run your financial life, Bachelor Pad Economics. Worthless, young person's indispensable guide to choosing the right major. Enjoy the decline. That's for you people who still think the United States is going to be around. You're clinging on. You're wasting your life, pissing it away. Curse of the high IQ. That's for everybody listening right now because you're smarter than average if you're listening to this podcast. Please get that book. And then go review them online. And then uh, Poor Richard's Retirement. That's for anybody who doesn't have enough saved up for retirement, which is all of you. Which is all of you. So go buy that book. Read it. Honest to God, you read these books, you're going to be way, you're going to be way further ahead. You'll be waking up at noon at the age of 30. You'll be like, oh, hey, I'm, I'm kind of done. I'm, I, I've got it all set out. I feel, no, I'm not joking. I am not joking. You read all those books. Well, maybe not every book. Um, I guess, kind of that save you a decade. Bachelor Pad Economics save you a decade. Worthless. Enjoy the decline is not necessary, but if you'd like to be retired at 30, if you read my canon, as you would, uh, if you will, to use that word, um, yeah, you'll be way further ahead. Uh, Run Guts, Pull Cones, and Pushing Rubber Downhill. Two books by Adam Piggott. If you uh, would kindly go and buy his books, you can visit him at pushingrubberdownhill.com. He has a podcast, and he has a uh, blog, pushingrubberdownhill.com. And then you can link to his books there. You can you can buy them. Uh, Pushing Rubber Downhill is an absolute must for any young man out there who wants to see a literal, a documentary on how a man from went from 
pussy beta millennial faggot to strong and independent real man pushing rubber downhill is the book for you. If you want to get into podcasting, may I recommend Carrie Lutz's book, Viral Podcasting. It's available on Amazon.com. And check out his site, FinancialSurvivalNetwork.com. That would be if you're more in the financial planning, uh, precious metals type. Uh, you might want to check that out. And then we have Rollo Tomasi's uh, Positive Masculinity. Hang on. Got to itch my head. Then take the headphones. <coughs> Put it over and back on. There we go. All right. Rollo Tomasi. You can visit him at TheRationalMail.com. Must read site. For every male, especially if you're younger. And he is married, so if you're married, you're looking for marriage advice because you fucked your marriage up. Because happy wife is a happy life. Because fuck my life, because it's all about my wife. Uh, When you're done with Jerome fucking your wife. (laughs) Go to rationalmail.com and check out Rolla's new book, Positive Masculinity. Uh, He's got three books out, which are the best of his blog. Uh, as you can find those on Amazon.com. And the dude sells um, scotch and whiskey online. Tapwhiskey.com without the E. Whiskey spelled without the E. Tapwhiskey.com. Check out Roll site. Another book, niggas ain't gone read. Not niggers and not going to or gone nah. It's another book, niggas ain't gone read by our good friend Marcus Brown. Uh, I'd love to tell you a story about Marcus Brown every time because he's such a weirdo. I've told you about how girls just kept showing up at his place. You know how he was, he was the poor boy had young, hot, attractive women that wanted to sleep with him, and they just kept showing up at his place. He's like, oh, man, i got a problem. What's your problem? He says, girls just keep showing up at my place. And I, I, I looked at him, and then he explained it to me. And you, you, you want to hurt him, but he's just too damn cute and too damn smiley. You can't, you can't hurt Marcus Brown. Like, ah, oh, god damn, there's a little, little fucker here. You kinda, he's like your little brother. He is. Marcus Brown is like that little younger brother that you wish you had, but your brother's a fuck-up and on drugs. And then Marcus Brown's like this really cool cat that comes walking in, and he has his own weird eccentricities, like not driving to 10 Sleep Canyon, but turning around 200 fucking yards from the canyon. And then he writes a book, like another book niggas ain't gonna read. <laughs> anyway, if, you don't have to be of the black persuasion, though it is written for the uh, the black audience. Male or female, he did not discriminate in this particular case. I wrote a book for black gentlemen. He wrote a book for everybody uh, of the black persuasion. But basically, I call it the book of woke for black people. If you want to wake the fuck up, you want to get the fuck out of your bad habits, you're sick and tired of playing, you're being, look, are you sick and tired of being dead last? Do you want to be top dog? Do you want to actually make money and not borrow money and rent rims? For fuck's sake. Buddy of mine, was that... Who was that? Oh, shit. My buddy down in Atlanta. Oh, him and his wife, we hung out. Why can't I remember his name now? Oh, I feel so bad. Not Jake. What was his name? Oh, shit. I got it at home. I got it on my phone. Um, He told me about how you can rent rims. Don't tell me white boys and Hispanics are renting rims. Don't fucking tell me that. That's, you, you black folk own that one 100%. And you should be ashamed. Even if you don't rent rims, you're like, God damn, I would never. I understand you should still be a little bit ashamed. Like when I see Tina from Wayzata and I'm majoring in child psychology, I kind of have a little bit of shame, even though I have nothing to do. It's like, oh, fuck, that's, yeah, that's white. 
Fuck it, that's white. Yeah, no, no, we own that. We own that. We own that. Ah, uh, yeah, the black folk gotta own the fact, and you gotta shame the fuck out of these stupid assholes. Renting fucking rims. Renting rims! Anyway, <laughs> if you don't want to be in the position of renting rims, you don't want to be in the position that you think, oh, dude, I better rent rims. Uh, get another book niggas ain't gonna read. Okay? It's the Book of Woke for Black People. Get it. It's available on Amazon.com. And then our good friend, Glorious Carl's Trade the Ratio. <clears throat> if you happen to already be investing in precious metals, gold or silver, doesn't really matter. Uh, but then you want to make a little bit of money. You actually want to trade between gold and silver and make a little bit of money. It's basically a way to make your little silver bars and gold bars poop out little silver bars and gold bars. Uh, trade the Ratio. Uh, Glorious Carl came up with this book, this technique on how to trade the ratio, the ratio between gold and silver. Uh, and just for those of you, I know a lot of you are already investing in precious metals and um, you understand the economic reason and explanation for it. I would read the later half of the book. I go straight to the trading part. The first half, first couple chapters of the book is the economic and political rationalization as to why you'd want to invest in gold and silver or precious metals in general. Uh, but a lot of you, most of you, I'd say don't need that. You're already aware of national debts and Obama doubling the debt and all that other crap. I wonder, Trump really hasn't done much. I know his hands are tied with the Republican Congress that has no, but the, the, the national debt, what is the national debt? Let's take a look at this. Federal Reserve. Federal National Debt. Oh, deficit. Hang on. Deficit. 2016 federal debt. A trillion dollar debt? Really? Really? A trillion dollars? Let's go to Federal Reserve. St. Louis Federal Reserve. Okay, half a trillion, which still sucks. As a percent of GDP. No, that's that's the balance. What is the percent of GDP? Look, the debt's still going. Look at that, $1.4 trillion. Honest to God, the, Obama ran more than three years with a, with a $1.3 trillion deficit. God almighty. Now we're going, the uh, deficit's going back up. God damn it. I know. Trump likes debt. That's how he made his money. He thinks the American people are as productive as his real estate empire. Anyway, um, so trade the ratio. Glorious Carl. Check it out. You can find that on Amazon.com. I think it's paperback and Kindle. I don't think it's an audiobook yet. Now listen, man. I like the news. You guys like the news? From CBS, Minnesota. Shoplifting suspects arrested in Wright County after chase. They say, okay, Clary, what's this local news shit? Wright County, it's uh, northwest of the Twin Cities. I think it's St. Cloud. You'll see why I'm reading this. And understand I'm trying to help. Oh, you may not like the way I'm trying to help because like people who have been trying to help for the past 50 years have been lying to you and let's see how much production and, and effort and success that's had. Let's just try a little bit of masculine male kick you in your fucking ass, slap you across your face and make you guys wake the fuck up. Minneapolis WCCO. 
Two shoplifting suspects were taken into custody Wednesday night after leading authorities on a chase with three kids in their car that ended near Albertville, authorities say. The Wake Park Police Department says the incident started around 5.15 p.m. Wednesday after it was notified of two shoplifting suspects who had fled a coal store with merchandise. Cole's employees got a license plate number, and the authorities tracked the vehicle's owner was wanted for robbery in West St. Paul and might have weapons. Uh, authorities say an unmarked Stearns County squad led the suspect vehicle southbound on Highway 15. An officer attempted to a, a traffic stop, but the vehicle fled and headed towards Interstate 94. Uh, the vehicle went eastbound. You're, you're, trust me, just follow me on this guy. Follow me. I was like, well, what is, what is this? The shoplift? Who gives a shit? The vehicle went eastbound at speeds of up to 100 miles per hour. The chase ensued and attempts at stop sticks. What? Attempt at stop sticks. Oh, okay. This is where they throw those things out. Uh, attempt at stop sticks at Stearns County and Wright County were unsuccessful. The chase went into Albertville area where authorities learned at least one child was in the vehicle. The pursuit was terminated, and the suspect vehicle got off at I-94 before re-entering and heading eastbound again. The vehicle slowed due to heavy traffic and eventually hit stop sticks. The driver fled on foot into a residential area of Rogers before taking into custody. All right, here we go. You guys ready? Let's get ready. Go ahead, pour yourself a little bit of booze, pour yourself a little bit of something, get ready. The driver was identified as 23-year-old Tyree Denton Beecham of Brooklyn Center. He is being held in the Stearns County Jail on felony theft, fleeing a motor vehicle, and three counts of child endangerment because there's three kids in there. The female passenger, are you ready for this? Sit down. Take a sip. Take a sip. Let it go down. Let it coat your esophagus in your throat. Female passenger was identified as 22-year-old. Mahogany Essence Logan living in St. Cloud. She was booked for felony theft. I'm not going to even read anymore. They talk about how there's three kids that were in the car. And da, 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 da. Okay, look, black people, I'm, I'm trying to help you. I'm being deadly as this is it. Don't name your kids Mahogany, okay? Don't name your kids Mahogany. Um, I don't know, but it's like a lightning rod when you name your kids stupid shit. What was it? There's a friend of mine who knew somebody named not not Desiree. I dated a girl named Desiree. Stripper. Don't don't ever no don't just just don't boys. I know the strippers like, ah, oh, hey, wow, I want how no, no you don't, trust me. Um Aquanet. That was the gal's name, Aquanet. Her mom, who's dumber than fuck. I mean these kids you can't blame these kids for the names they got. But it is a telltale sign. That when your parents are naming you after hairspray or wood, mahogany essence, like, you got nothing else going on in life. You really got nothing else. I'm going to, like, my life is so, it's like the tattoo. That's what it is. Bad black names are like the tattoo, the tramp stamp of the underworld. Like, you have nothing else in your life. You're such a pathetic individual and, and, and pathetic human being. You're going to give your name, your kid, a name that's all fucked up. Because then, like, it's like it's like having, um, not the braces, the grills. It's like renting uh, uh, rims. But it, it it's more likened to a tattoo, where a tattoo or your race or your made-up uh, 
gender, like, oh, I'm a, I'm a quadrosexual. Like, you have absolutely nothing else going on in your life. And you're such a pathetic human being that you're going to name your kid and therefore condemn them to a life of hell. You're going to name them Mahogany and Tyree. I know you think it's cute. I know you think you like sticking it to the man. I know you think that like, uh, no, no, no. That's just you admitting defeat. Just as you, like, I got nothing else, but I'm going to name my, my spawn because I spread my legs and a guy inseminated me. And he, he didn't wear a condom. He came inside me. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name them something clever. And it's not clever. It's not funny. It's tragic and sad because you're a pathetic fucking parent. And if you're so desperate and so sad in life that you're going to name your kids Mahogany or Whitewood, or pine, or faith, or forgiveness, whatever, whatever the fuck it is. Look, the white people name their kids weird-ass fucking shit. They name their kids faith and, and hope and all that other weird. Whatever. My whole point is that if your parents named you something that sad and pathetic, that means you came for bad stock. That don't mean you have to be bad stock. This is the lesson we're all going to learn here. Just because your parents were fuck-ups doesn't mean you have to be. Now, it seems when you come from bad stock, bad stock begets bad stock. And shitty-ass names like Mahogany Essence. <laughs> it just condemns you. But no matter what your parents name you, you don't have to go down that path. Know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to shoplift from Kohl's. What? And I know, I know. Crime drops off once you get above an IQ of one. Uh, once you get above an IQ of ninety, I understand that because you realize crime actually doesn't pay. And I mean that in an economic, logical, financial sense. The amount. Of, you know, what, what did you guys get? Did you get some shirts? You went a hundred miles an hour. Now you have felony charges against you. These guys' lives are over. It's just, but, but if. To put it, it's not that the name condemns an individual. It's that he should have been breeding in the first place. Let's just admit it: mahogany essence and Tyree should have never been fucking born. Okay, and for once, I'm actually going to give them a little bit of. I'm going to give them a little bit of uh, forgiveness. I'm going to I'm going to cut them some slack. Uh, because they did not come from sane, stable parents. Their parents are probably fucking losers like them. But you, at any point in time, like if your name is fucked up, if your name is not Steve or Bob or Aaron or Phil, I know you get a little bit cute. Like I got a buddy Darius. Darius is actually named after a Persian king. I'll go with that. I'll go with that. And I'm not saying you can't, you know, uh, Jerome, traditional black name, perfectly fine. Jose, obviously, Hispanic, John. I'm okay with that. But if you're naming your kids Aquanet and Mahogany Essence, for you kids that got weird fucked up names like that, you really you really need to, like, what is it? Emancipate yourself. Emancipation. You need to emancipate yourself from your father and your mother, if your father's even around. Oh, my God. Yeah, I just did because it's true. Just... And here's the other problem. I would change your name. If you got some fucked up name like that, Mahogany Essence, Tyree, whatever the fuck his last name was, 
Just change it. Change it to Bill or Steve. Go get it legally changed. Because unfortunately, unfair as it might be, I don't I don't play what should be land. I play what is. Okay? In the real world, when your name is Tyree or Mahogany, that's your first fucking name, uh, you're gonna get a lot of discrimination. Black or white, doesn't matter. Your name, like I ain't I'm I'm sorry, I'm not hiring a girl named Faith. I'm not hiring a girl named Hope. And those are predominantly white. I'm just not hiring those people. All right? So for your best interest, because you were born into this world without control as to who your parents were and what they named you, if your parents named you some fucked up name, either touchy-feely, hippy-dippy, dopey, white shit like hope or faith or touch or feel or vagina, whatever, whatever the name of the kids nowadays, or you got to go like, well, I'm going to stand up to the white man. Her name's Mahogany or Aquanet. Change your fucking name. Here's two things. Okay, one, don't commit crimes. If you're going to commit a crime, don't fucking steal from Coles. Okay, that's like that. If you're going to go to jail, if you're going to risk jail time, don't bother stealing a shirt from Coles. You, you should aim for bigger things. Knock off a bank. Rob, rob, a, rob a, a, a treasury truck. Go do something way bigger than that. At least the payoff should be better. Okay? But then the second thing is if you got your name Shaniqua Tashin and Akada Nakalaka Lakalaka Shamakalaka Lakahaka, just change your name to Jane or Phyllis or Amy uh, or something. Just something. Just, just not mahogany. Okay? <laughs> and I hate to say, you look at the pictures. They got pictures up here. And it fits. It fits. Do you want to advance the stereotype? Do you? It, it's all right. It's, I just couldn't believe it when I heard it. Mahogany. Uh, let's do another another show, another another bit of news. This is a complicated one. Lengthy. From the pioneerpress.com, which is local. Attorney for Fired McAllister Professor may have to testify about her own harassment claims. Now, this is uh, about McAllister. McAllister is a worthless liberal arts school in St. Paul. It's in the privileged part of town where only white kids go and they feign concern about minorities. Um, they are truly privileged. Uh, and the school, I mean, you got to be that privileged to go to that college because it offers nothing of value. At least the school down the road, St. Thomas, even though private, does offer some tangible programs and, and, and degrees that would lead to a a profession or a career. But McAllister is just where spoiled little white kids and the occasional Asian kid go to twiddle their twat and think about how great they are. And, but yet none of them, now here, Atham, look this up. Look at this up. Okay. Look at McAllister University. It's in St. Paul. Now, if, for those of you, I'm going to, you can all look this up. Minneapolis to St. Paul, they're the Twin Cities. Minneapolis is off to the west. St. Paul is off to the east. And the main road that connects them is Highway 94. Shoots straight east-west. They're at the same latitude. Highway didn't have to divert. It's just straight east-west. Now, on the south side of that interstate is well the prissy little white suburbanite Precious little, uh, oh, we love diversity, rah-rah diversity. Precious little white Swipple children live and go to school and college. And there's a bunch of colleges down there. There's McAllister, there's St. Kate's, there's St. Thomas, okay? And it's prissy. It's prissy. 
Like if you want to, like if you need to rob somebody, let's say you're desperate and you need, you need to like get some money. I cannot emphasize enough. Look down. There's a, a road, Victoria or Grand, go on Grand Avenue. And you could just basically grab any white guy because he's a pussy in, in that area and take his fucking money. Um, it does. It doesn't. You don't have to be not white. You could just be a man and take their fucking money. Uh, so this is pussy liberal white world. Now, on the north side of Highway 94 is Frogtown. You also notice University Avenue runs east west parallel to the interstate. Okay, if you go on the north side, that's actually where this precious little diversity that these rich liberal white kids, the Swipples. On the south side of 94, wish and pray that, you know, they just can't wait to line up to suck the cock of diversity. You will never see one of these precious little spoiled suburbanite cunts leave McAllister, leave St. Kate's, or leave St. Thomas, and go to the north side. Now, on the north side, this is not, there's still some stuff going on. Oh, is that the ghetto? It's not really the ghetto. Um, it's not that bad. It's, it's just, it's, it's diversity. You know, there's minorities, uh, predominantly a black neighborhood, although you get a little bit to the east, it's more Asian. There's shit going on there. There's some stuff that you could check out. A lot of Asian food, right? A lot of, it's kind of Korea town or Asia town, if you want, you want to call it that. There's Como Park. Um, there's the Dubliner. There's an Irish pub there. Uh, there's the, uh, what is it on? Snelling and University. Oh, it's a pub. It's been there forever. Not the halftime wreck. That's different. Uh, there's Well, there is the halftime wreck. There's other stuff going on. So if these pampered little prissy white cunts from the suburbs who go in McAllister and say how much they claim to love the minorities, of you're never, never going to see them go on the north side of 94. You'll never see it. They're going to stay there on their Crocus Hill. They're going to stay there in the prissy little, uh, basically, St. Paul's Uptown. Ooh, we're going to go to the Naughty Gnome. Ooh, we're going to go to the Purple Onion. Ooh, look at how, uh, we're, but we love diversity. We just so much. So that's the culture that this, this is coming from. And McAllister is the epitome of this hypocrisy. Okay? McAllister is your white person that claims to be all leftist and lovey-dovey of minority races, but ain't really got one real black friend. And so that's McAllister. So, from the Pioneer Press. One of the lawyers for a fired professor suing McAllister College may have to testify about her own sexual harassment claims against a different professor. Keep following me on this. Poetry professor, Kristen Nika. And I gotta look her up. I have to look her up. Aaron, why do you have to look her up? Because I want to see if my theory about leftists and beauty maintains... I don't know how you become a professor of poetry. Oh, whoa, whoa, okay. It's a little rough, a little rough. Oh, we got a website. Yeesh, okay. All right, every stereotype is coming up exactly as you would think. Every stereotype, all right. So in the St. Paul School in U.S. District Court, alleged she was improperly fired in 2016 or 2015 for having sex with one of her female students. Nakas's a student pursued her, but they kept the relationship platonic until three days after the student graduated when they met for the first of several sexual encounters. I don't, I don't know why this is public's business. 
She says the college had no policy bearing faculty from having sex with alumni. Uh, and they don't because I banged a ton of my students. <laughs> no, I'm not a ton, but several. I'm so far on NACA's side. Like, if, if this is true, um, yeah, yeah, you should. Yeah, once they graduate, it's a free game. And it's great. It's like fish in a barrel. Like, guys, if you need, like, you want game, you want to run a game, become a teacher. Become a professor. And then, like, teach college students. And when they graduate, you bang the fuck out of them. And they basically lay themselves out on the on the on the altar for you to violate. Uh, Naka says the student pursued her, but uh, Naka, who did not have tenure claims she was discriminated against because of her Latina and Filipina ethnicity, sex, santeria, religion, disability, a lung infection, and lesbian orientation. Now, look at this. Look, look, look. She's got, she's got a royal flush because we know no one gives a shit about your ability. No one gives a shit if she's like an actual good poet. Or a good professor. It's all about shit you were born with. Things you didn't earn. Religion, ethnicity, sex, disability, and sexual orientation. Keep telling you. Laziness explains everything. Laziness explains everything. These people want to have free shit because of the way they were born. And I was with her. I was with her. Until she started running and hiding behind like a hypocrite and a coward between her ethnicity, sex, religion, disability, and sexual or lesbian orientation. I, I don't care that you're lesbian, sweetheart. I don't. You've lost me, though. I'm fully with McAllister College now. Because this is the standard leftist victim-whoring shit that's going on. In advancing that argument, Naka claimed in a deposition that another McAllister professor who is a straight white Christian male, well, of course, we got to go after that. We have to go after that, was granted tenure in 2001. 2001? 16 years ago? Despite multiple harassment claims by students. Yeah, because here's another reason. Don't become a professor. Don't work for McAllister. You're just going to get sued by the precious little snowflakes. These kids are so happy and entitled. Don't worry, I'm getting an overall point with this. The college disputes that. Administrators say the male professor had complaints against him, but none concerned soliciting or engaging in sex with students. Further, the college investigated and determined he had not violated their policies. NACA, however, said one of the students the male professor had harassed is one of her lawyers, Klee Vang. Lee Vang or Klee Vang? There's an H in front of it. McAllister lawyers asked the judge to compel Vang to answer questions during a deposition about her interact. Wait, is Klee a, a woman? Male professor during emotions hearings Wednesday, NACA's primary lawyer Peter, Peter Nick Nikitas called McAllister's request to dispose Vang an open-ended effort to invade the promise of attorney-client privilege. Not going against you there. McAllister attorney Sean Summer Meyer said he wasn't going to ask about anything to do with Vang's representation of NACA. Mistrate Judge Becky Thorsten Thorsen did not issue an immediate ruling, but indicated that deposing Vang could be worthwhile. It appears that Miss Vang... Okay, so Vang is a... Klee is a, is a woman, not a man. I thought it was Lee, but it's Klee, so the <laughs> means female. It appears that Miss Vang has knowledge of facts that are relevant to the case, she said. NACA separately sued the former student and the student's parents in state court in February 2016, accusing them of lying about the consensual nature of the content... She sued the student and the student's parents in order to get her fired in retaliation for NACA's relation, ending the relationship. Parties reached a summit. Okay. 
the the reason, even though I've read through this multiple times, here, here's what I want to point out. Let's make lemonades out of lemon. Let us look on the bright side of the silver lining to the cloud. What do I tell you about the lives of leftists? The pros. I'm not talking your innocent, you know, typical single mom. I just care about the children and I, I, I can't think logically beyond three steps and I'm math impaired and I just think more government money. I understand. I understand. You're not smart. You're not foresightful. You don't think long term. But you have your heart in the right place. Or the union Democrats. You know, I think we're here for the little people, the little people, the Ed Schultzes of the world. Dumb as he may be, I think he might actually, well, no, Ed's a whore. I, 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 can't, I can't give Ed any credit. But your standard rank and file union Democrats, oh, look at all these corporate big muckety mucks making all this money. And, and I don't make that money. And we got to help out the little people. I'm with you guys on that. All right, I'm with you. I think you're wrong, you're misinformed, and you've been brainwashed, but you're not that smart. You just aren't. You're just not that smart to figure out two or three steps beyond. You're not capable of 2D chess, let alone 4D, all right? But these pros, these leftists, these these diehard leftists, like the professor, whoever her name was, can you imagine what kind of hell this life is? I know you think being a teacher is easy, and it is. I was one. It is easy. But can you imagine the life that these people have? She's a lesbian, um, Rastafarian, whatever, and, and immediately, immediately, she's not fired because of her performance. No, it's racism and discrimination for anyone, any one of a number of reasons, because she has so many victim check marks on her on her victim card checked. But what's it like being her? She banged a student. Probably legally, not even legally, uh, ethically. She had she had sex with one of her students that graduated. I believe her in that regard. But look at where this Pandora's box it opens. You're dealing with privileged, entitled little white kids, or Asian, because the judge is, or not the judge, the lawyer. Sorry, the lawyer has been uh, encapsulated and 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 ensnared in this this love octagon uh you got to sue the the students because the students aren't fully independent adults you got to sue the parents of the students and you would think and now you got to sue your own employer McAllister, which is supposed to be this leftist lovey-dovey organization that would cherish that would champion somebody like the professor whatever her name is they will stab you in the back Leftists are parasites and lazy people first and foremost. And as long as it, they can like get free money, as long as they don't have to work, as long as they don't have to, they're, they're, they'll stab you. They'll take you. And there's nothing better, and this is why I brought up the, the article, which I really don't frankly understand what's going on, but all I see is lawyer, professor, female judge, McAllister students all suing each other and attacking one another. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. Oh, you got to hate on the white guy that got, what, tenure 16 years ago? That's what you hold on to? This makes me happy. This has nothing to do with the, the merits of this lawsuit or, or the drama going on here. I'm Again, I'm not necessarily against the professor in this thing because I banged a bunch of my students and it was after they graduated and it's all good and wonderful. 
But what I do love, what I'm thoroughly entertained with, is how you leftists just will eat your own. Because there's no, ultimately there's no morality about you. No matter what you say. This is why I delineate between the professional leftists, the pro-leftists, and then the people who just have a heart but no brain. You know, like all the single mom friends I have and all the, the union workers. You guys are evil. You're lazy, fucktarded evil. And I love it when I see the Bolsheviks fighting the Trotskyites. I love it when I see I, the most wonderful thing, most insightful thing I've ever seen in my life. And this happened, oh, it must have been the 80s. I don't even know if I was 10 years old. We went to the Wisconsin State Fair and, and I learned what lampreys were. Lampreys are these parasitic eels, essentially, that live in Lake Michigan. And they, they're like leeches, but they're big and long. They're like snakes in, in the water. They're scary as hell, freaky as hell. And they just attach themselves to fish and suck the blood out. They're parasites. And they got teeth. They're just nasty, nasty looking things. Look them up on the internet. Lampreys, look them up. They're like, you might, you might hit the Democrat National Party, but you, 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 the, the creature, I'm not talking the pol- political organization or the socialist, I'm talking the creature. And what I remember seeing happen is, is you saw a display and whatever sick, sadistic bastard decided to put some fish, I don't know, sturgeon or something in there, uh, with lampreys, and you see these fish and they're just slowly swimming and they're depressed and sad because there's a fucking lamprey stuck to them Sucking them off. And the fish ain't got no arms. They can't bat the lamprey off. The coolest thing I ever saw was when a little lamprey came swimming and didn't attach itself to a fish, but attached itself, bit into a lamprey that was attached to the fish. And then that big lamprey released (coughs) and swam crazily because it was getting bit. And this little lamprey sucked off of the, the big lamprey. And that's, that is your modern-day socialists. That is your modern-day Democrat Party. That is your modern-day labor. The pros. Not the innocent kids who are misled to think, I just think we should spend more money. Do you know how much money we spent? No, because I never looked up the federal budget. But I just think we should care about the children. That's a nice pat you on the head like the fucking retired you are. Now go the fuck away. But when I see the lampreys attaching and attacking each other, oh. It's wonderful. It's heavenly. And this is it. This is like McAllister, the legal system, lawyers, professors. Oh! Oh, they're going to kill each other. They'll eat each other alive. No doubt about it. All right, let's do the rest of the sponsors. Um, The Hanging Chats. After listening to this podcast, I strongly recommend, I'm not saying this because they're a sponsor, they're sponsoring me. I'm sponsoring them. I was on their show, and then I also listened to. I downloaded a bunch of their podcasts, and they're damn good interviewers. They got a damn good podcast. Uh, so when you're done listening to them, matter of fact, I think I'm going to download some of their stuff. I'm going to listen to the Hanging Chads. <clears throat> but check them out, the Hanging Chads podcast. Just search it on the interwebs. You'll find it. Uh, Poor Richard's retirement. That's my book. You guys know that. Get that. You guys know about asshole consulting. I don't think I have to tell you about that, but please consider dropping twenty-five to thirty-five bucks, depending on when you want an email or a video. Um, maybe I'll give you a nudge in life that'll save you ten years of your. I'm not joking. God damn! I wish I had myself when I was younger. <laughs> 
You ever think about that? Like all the problems and mistakes you made and then you're looking like, oh shit, if I had just done that, how much better off? And then you get really sad and depressed. But then you look at it and you're like, well, I'm still better than average. And you still feel sad and depressed because like maybe you hurt some people along the way. Not that I have an emotion or a care or a soul. But damn, would life have been a lot easier. It's kind of like, you guys ever remember the movie Night and Day? Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz? Great movie. He's he's uh gotta he's gotta protect the girl because she witnessed murders or something like that. I forget what it was, but he had to he had to protect her and stay with her. So she realizes he's a psychopath, but a good one. And he could just kill people left and right because he's a trained assassin. And she tries to find Dusty, and Dusty is like this beta male cuck who's a who's a firefighter. He's like the greatest, nicest, sweetest guy. And none of you girls, you know, it's a great movie as a testament unto itself, like a documentary as to how the bad boy assassin murderer gets the girl, and then the nice, sweet, honest, good-looking is a good-looking, in-shape guy. Whoever that actor was, he was he, he's good shape. He's a good-looking man, uh, but he plays like this this apple pie American. Uh, just red-blooded, sweet, kind of nice guy that your parents would love you, and, like, she doesn't want to have anything to do with it. Anyway, she goes finding him because she obviously is not a strong, independent woman, trademark, don't need no man, fish, bicycle, trademark. She finds Dusty and needs him to protect her. And then uh, Roy, who's played by Tom Cruise, he's the assassin, he comes in, and, and he's all smiling and everything. He's like, hey, I, I don't think I convey this. You and I have to stick together. You and I, you know, otherwise bad things are going to happen because he's trying to protect her. And she goes like, Dusty, this is the guy. This is the guy. And then and then he just looks at Dusty and he's like, hey, you, fire engine 12? Because he's very smart. He can realize, he's like, yeah, how'd you know? He's like, I can see it. No, your, your badge. And yeah, and I'm like, hey, uh, you aiming for lieutenant? Because he immediately knows that's how smart Roy Miller is. And he's like, yeah, the, the wall of flames, the tunnel of flames. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and he just looks and he kind of, it, it's just so sad. He's not even looking at anybody. He's like, yeah, I should have become a fireman. And he just kind of, because he realizes what he's got to do. And he like handcuffs the girl and takes her out. And uh, it's kind of like that. Like, yeah, I, I, I should have just joined the military. Yeah, I, I should have just been an accountant. Because, <laughs> you know, the. The life you did was not not exactly the easiest path. Anyway, um, that has nothing to do with uh, asshole consulting or hanging chads of poor Richard's retirement. But anyway, tune in to the hanging chads. Hire asshole consulting. And maybe uh, maybe you'll have a lot easier. Maybe you won't be sitting there like, yeah, I should have become a firefighter. You'll just have a lot easier life uh, than the old captain did. Uh, if you'd like to advertise on the podcast, it's $50 a month. I get about 3,000 listeners weekly, depending on how you want to measure it. I also put you up on my uh, YouTube channel, which has 30,000 subscribers, not followers, 30, 35,000 subscribers. I get about, oh, one to 3,000 views per video. It depends on how interesting it is. I won't lie to you. That's what it is. So if you think it's worth $50 a month, contact me. You can be an advertiser on the Clary Podcast. Uh, OakenCPA.com, if you are looking for an accountant, contact the Manosphere's, the Red Pill Community's resident house accountant and CPA, Chad Elkins. Go visit OakenCPA.com. Check him out. Conservative Brew. If you are looking for good coffee, 
that the money won't go to leftist causes because that's let's admit it the leftists basically have a monopoly on it well you could go to uh what is it black rifle company yeah black rifle coffee you could go to those guys uh and their coffee isn't that good but conservative brews coffee is not only not leftist uh but it's good coffee too conservativebrew.com check them out tell them the captain sent you so i can keep getting free coffee because actually this is coffee i drink then we have the League of Extraordinary Podcasters, the 405media.com. Check out 405media.com because those guys, well, it's a guy, John Grant. He has a podcast station with a bunch of different podcasters. So if you want to listen, you're, you're sick and tired of listening to the old Clary podcast, you want to listen to something different, you can tune them in. Obsidian Radio, our good uh, young black, well, he's not young. I think he's older than me. Black gentleman over in Philadelphia. The one not leftist black man in Philadelphia, who actually probably picks up his yard, unlike the remaining black people in Philadelphia. And yes, yes, I will continue to slander and besmirch you because that is shame and pity upon your community that you guys can't clean up your fucking streets. That pissed me off more than any, it even pissed me off more than the New Mexico. Like when I was driving down Broadway, I'm like, look, and there's burned out buildings. You guys leave garbage in the streets. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're not even able to pick up your own fucking yard and your own fucking streets. Fuck you. That ain't Whitey. Don't fucking blame Whitey for that shit. That's you guys just being lazy fucks and having no pride. No pride nor shame. No pride nor shame in your community. Disgusting. Fucking disgusting. You ever want to see how pathetic Democrat policies are in communism and socialism? You just drive down Broadway Street over in North Philly. Do it during the daytime when everyone's too hungover because they did their fucking Gatling gun fucking shit and dealing their drugs or whatever. Just go drive down during the, the morning, 10 a.m., and look at it and say, like, uh, yeah, you know, this has nothing to do with race. This is just lazy fucking people not picking up after themselves. Oh, my God. Did you just... Yes. Oh, got to break my back. Stretch the back. Oh. Financial Survival Network. Kerry Lutz. Visit him. Canto Talk, our good Latino friend down in Dallas, Texas. Uh, he escaped Cuba when he was 10 years old. He has a book out called Cubanos in Wisconsin. You'd be like, ah, what was it like living in Cuba? Get that book. It's it's a damn good book. Um, if you want to, like, you know, a 10-year-old kid living in Cuba, they try to infiltrate, not consciously, not not maliciously, but he, there's, a, there's a segment in the book where he's talking about him and his buddies try to get on top of, try to get into a Soviet base in Cuba. In the fucking 60s and 70s. I mean, it's a great book. Then he ends up in Wisconsin and becomes a Green Bay Packers fan. Now, if that's not a fucking sales pitch for a book, I don't know what fucking book you're going to read. But get Cubanos in Wisconsin. And in the meantime, listen to the author of it, uh, Silvio Canto on Canto Talk. You can find him on blogtalkradio.com. O'Shea Jackson, our good buddy out in Poland, the only... Like I said, I don't know. I don't know boring people. There's no boring people in my group of friends. None. O'Shea Jackson, black dude, um, currently in Poland, becoming a doctor, going to medical school in Poland. From Sacramento, California, started the NegroManosphere.com. Has a has a channel blowing up, and and uh, then he then he goes to Uganda. And he tries to chase girls with ashy feet. Still don't know what the ashy feet thing is. Still don't know what, uh, what does he say? Uh, not Marlon Dixon, that's my buddy. Um, Oregon. 
Oregon. Calypso, Oregon. Calypso, Oregon? I don't know what it is still. Anyway, if you want to see a truly interesting man just ramble and rant and rave, uh, especially if you happen to be of the black persuasion, if you happen to be black, dude, you guys got to tune into O'Shea Jackson, all right? I don't care what your race is. He's fucking entertaining regardless. But he, he, he basically the Negro manosphere. So obviously he's targeting a, a black gentleman uh, of, of the red pill woke faith. Uh, but it, it it really, it don't matter if you're black or white. This He's fucking funny as hell. So check him out. Then we got blowmeuptom.com. St. Lycus, if you guys have not listened to Thy Father, who art in Los Angeles, hello be thy Lycus. Go to blowmeuptom.com and run advertisements on Tom. If you're an entrepreneur, I cannot think of a better advertiser than Tom Lycus. Uh, the Hanging Chadge, I mentioned them before. Cynical Libertarian Society, he's a bit racist, I won't lie to you. Um, but let's put it this way, like, look, I should go and try and find... Uh, like, if the Black Panthers have a podcast, just because it's different. Look, I don't need to listen to Sean Hannity anymore. I like to listen to different shit, even if I disagree with it, which is why I don't mind listening to uh, Ed Schultz. But Cynical Libertarian Society, if you want pure rage and hatred and anger, check out Cynical Libertarian Society. It's sinlibsoch.com. Jim Fear. Jim Fear has a podcast, jimfear138.blogspot.com. You can uh, hire him out for audio work if you're looking for a voice actor. He does my books, uh, and he does a damn fine job, and he's got a professional outfit going on. But he also has a podcast going on that is totally super geeky. Dude, you think I geek out? You think I'm like the nerd, virgin nerd with uh, my my uh, Robotech references? Um, this guy blows me out of the water. He's like way geekier than me. And then Michael Kingswood, podcast.com. I'm sorry, no, podcast.michaelkingswood.com slash RSS. Check him out. Um, he has been, he's an author. He's wrote all these books like The Pericles Conspiracy. He's been a podcast and a sponsor. And as I've said before, he is the only science fiction author that is not a leftist, not a communist. So if you want to give your money to a not leftist science fiction writer, go check him out. And then the safety doc, Dr. Paradin. They call him Parodine. I just call him Paradin. Uh, but anyway, Safety Doc. Check out the Safety Doc podcast. That's for the handful of you that got kids and you want to worry about your kids and you want to like be safe. Um, more practical than you might think. Uh, we were chit-chatting. He's an interesting fellow. We were, we were talking about Wisconsin because we're both from Wisconsin. And uh, we actually remembered the Green Bay Packers of the 80s who sucked and they weren't that good. He's like, oh, yeah, it was painful. <laughs> but check him out as well. Ah, uh, let me do. I got fan mail. Hang on. Naturally, of course, my light goes out. I have to change the bulb. Hey, Aaron, just want to say thank you. I started following these guidelines immediately, and it's been very helpful. I went to a wedding a day, a days later. I think he's Asian. I don't think he's from yeah, Chin. He's Asian, uh, so forgive his English. Uh, days later, and used my traveling stories from when I went to New Zealand, which was less than a year ago. Basically, following your trip to Alaska example, I used it on a very attractive woman at a wedding. And from the way she was touching my arm every few seconds, uh, I take it she was int- very interested. Yeah, dude, if she's touching your arm without you, like, jamming it in her face. I don't think her husband was happy about it, though. <laughs> ah, maybe you're becoming more American than I thought. Uh, I asked the girl out a few days later and just got done with the date tonight. I used the same story, and again, she showed interest. Dude, that's the whole thing. 
Look, you got to view this has nothing really even to do with sex. I mean, it inevitably leads to it. It inevitably leads to it. But people like interesting people. And you did an interesting thing. You went to New Zealand and you told your stories about your observations, your interpretations. It's not even necessarily the story as much as is the interpretation. Like, I can hold court, I can hold audience telling people about Vernal, Utah. Uh, and what an amazing uh, park Dinosaur National Monument is and all the adventures I went on. But I had to go on the adventures so I'd have the story. And you went on the adventure, now you have the story, and you're starting to find out. This is flavor, dude. This is flavor. This is no different than you being a scotch soaking up the, the taste and the flavor of the oak cask that you're in. That's what any man is. All man is is scotch. And you kids, when you're 18, 19, 20, you're trying to go out there, you're a three-year-old scotch. You ain't got no flavor. You ain't got no, no depth. And that's not an insult. That's not to hurt you. That's just the truth. It's when you're 45. It's when you're 35. You got like, you're a 10-year-old scotch. Now you're a 25-year-old scotch. And damn, do you command a good, fine price in the market. All right? And that's what you're finding out. You have flavor now. You're not some... Recently distilled fresh out of the still moonshine bathtub scotch, you're you're you got a little bit of a flavor there. And that's what everybody, male, female, platonic or sexual, that's what everybody likes. They like a good story, they like interesting people. It's possible the things I do and have done are more interesting than I think they are. It's true. She gave me a subtle hint towards the end of dinner asking where I lived if I lived alone. Jesus Christ! Chin dude! You got to totally, look, married women are great because they're not going to squeal. <laughs> oh, man. You, you got, what Did you follow up? Did you get a number? Or is this the date? Oh, I can't tell if this is the woman that was married or not. I answered those questions directly but didn't realize they were subtle hints women make until after I kissed her goodnight. Oh, this is the girl you're dating. And we went our separate ways. Oh, well, I wouldn't make that mistake. Oh, what do you mean? What, this, you could still recoup this. She's ready to go. Why is this why is this a dead end? Why does the story end here? Plus she has a kid and I'm not sure if I'm ready for that. Well, you don't have to marry her, Chin. All you have to do is bang her. Uh, anyway, thanks. I should be on autopilot now. Keep doing what you do, Chin. Well, thank you very much, Chin. This this goes into the box of mementos. Gonna fold it once. Fold it again. Because there are other people who wish they were as good as me. And helping people out and making the money I do, but they don't. And that goes into the memento box. All right, that's it. Listen, uh, ladies, uh, unlike the Suman G. Komen Foundation or Amy's Blend, I actually care about you and want to make sure you do not get breast cancer. So please go get your mammograms regularly. Um, breast cancer, preventable, treatable, easily identifiable. Please, ladies, I know all three of you that are listening, uh, and you know we all hate women here, but it's kind of the the boys network and we do not want our little sisters getting uh, breast cancer so ladies please go get your mammograms and trust your breasts uh, regularly boys fidget with your nuts have you fidgeted it with your nuts in the shower to make sure you ain't got testicular cancer it's very easy if they don't feel like normal nads and all of a sudden there's hardness or a lump or something you might got testicular cancer very curable very easy to cure fidget with your fucking nuts and if your girlfriend ain't gonna fidget with the nuts you better go fidget with it yourself okay also, in the meantime, boys, 
you got to check that prostate. Have the doctor shove his finger up your ass. Say, Doc, I want you to shove your finger up my ass. If you're 40 or over, get that fucking shit done. All right? No fucking around, no joking around. Easy shit, preventable shit. You can live an extra 20 years in life. And if you don't get it identified, then you're dead. You got to have your colon taken out and your fucking innards. And it's all very bad. All right? Have a doctor finger, have a finger up your ass. Ladies, have your boyfriend feel your boobs, but you might want to have it professionally done with a real mammogram. All right, that's it. We'll catch kids later. Toodles.